while your day is winding down. They're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus. 508-996-0500 is how you can join me this evening. We'll also take your messages on the WBSM app. Look, we've got a good show ahead for you today. Um, we know that President Trump was uh, reportedly is going to be indicted in uh, in Manhattan. Um, we'll talk more about that later, but I want to focus on some local stuff to begin the program. We've been having the candidates on for Dartmouth School Committee and Fairhaven School Committee um, throughout the last couple of weeks because we felt as though these are locally hotly contested races that are really important and we know you guys want to hear from the people that, that want to run your school districts. So uh, joining us now is uh, school committee candidate in Dartmouth, uh, Erica Morenzi. Hi, Erica. How are you? Hi, I'm good, Marcus. So before we get started, um, could you introduce yourself to the audience and tell everybody why you want to run for school committee, uh, why you're running for school committee in Dartmouth? Okay, so my name is Erica Morenzi. I've lived in Dartmouth for just about 18 years. Uh, my husband is a lifelong resident. Um, I grew up actually in New Bedford and went to New Bedford schools. And um, like I said, he's lived here his whole life. Um, and we built a house here. He has worked for the town for about, I might get this wrong, but I think it's almost 16 years. Okay. Um, so, I, I mean, I love Dartmouth. It's a very safe town. I mean, I also love New Bedford, too. I, I had a great upbringing in New Bedford. Um, so, yeah, and I have two kids. One is nine, one is 11. They are in the elementary school system at Dartmouth. And they are very highly active. Like, we're in, my both my kids are in all kinds of sports around Dartmouth camps. We're constantly, especially, like, throughout the summer and fall, like, at fields. Um, either we're watching games or we're volunteering or... Um, we're just heavily involved in the community that way, uh, especially with some of the sports in Dartmouth. They're from all kids from all different schools in Dartmouth, so I'm familiar with a, a lot of the schools. Not as much as my my um, my kids, but we know kids and parents from all the schools in Dartmouth. And my kids are, you know, they're still pretty young, nine and eleven. But you know, you just hear things going on around town you know parents talk about stuff and so and i've always just like had this desire to get like more involved in your community i think if you want to help make a difference it starts in your community and i feel like this is a good time um i did just decide to run in january because i did not know there was two seats open and it just kept coming up to me like within one week um 
and I was like, you know what, this is a really good time, and I'm I'm going to run because I I really want to help make a difference in not just my kids' life, but like all the kids. We know so many kids and parents from around here, and like I said before, it's a it's a great place to live, and I just want the schools to reflect on how great Dartmouth is. So we're speaking with Erica Morenzi. She's a candidate for Dartmouth School Committee. Um, the election is Tuesday, uh, this coming Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So, um, Erica, uh, one of, you know, you drive through Dartmouth. Um, I was, I was driving through Dartmouth recently and you see signs that say we support Dartmouth teachers. Um, yeah. uh, there is apparently some, uh, difficulties with the, um, CBA negotiations. Uh, with respect to the Dartmouth teachers, what's your position uh, on that? Oh, yeah, that's like one of my biggest. I feel like that's, I mean, I can say from an outsider, that's what I'm, that's what I really, one of my biggest things to take care of right away. I feel like it's like a top priority between the budget and figuring out the budget for these teachers' assistants, for the paraprofessionals, um, basically anybody who is working with our kids like daily almost eight months out of the year um i know that there's um a woman she's like the vice president of the ta assistance division of dea her name is lauren i hope i'm not gonna it's like bellevue um and she's like you know she's the vice president so she's speaking you know basically about and this was in 2022 that their salary wasn't even like living wage um, and it was in November, and I just inflation has not helped with that. It's made it like so much worse. So that's you know something that's out of every, out of our hands or school committee's hands. Or um, and I know they're fighting you know to get the TA is a pay increase because there's so many positions available because people are leaving and and you know TAs are important. Sometimes they're the teacher um, in the class. If the teacher's not there, they help a lot with. You know, sure. some of these class sizes are 25 kids, and they're very well needed. Um, and I I think of teachers like I think of nurses. They're like the frontline workers. And, you know, nurses to me run hospitals, really, and make them great. And I think teachers make the schools great because they're, you know, we can't say students first without saying, okay, well, we need great teachers, and we need to find a way to retain these teachers so they're, you know, not going elsewhere. Um, so I understand that that's been an, a huge ongoing thing. Uh, I think they're getting fed up and, you know, I, I can't blame them. I, I support them. I stand with them. Um, I, again, my kids have had great experiences in school and because they've had wonderful teachers. Um, so, they, so, oh. er, so Erica, um, you know, uh, it's a, it's a matter of uh, dollars and cents um, how the teachers yeah. are going to get pay raises. One of the proposals is uh, override of Proposition Two and a Half, um, which, for people who may not know, um, is uh, a state law that was enacted in 1980 that uh, caps towns and cities from raising the total municipal taxes to more beyond two and a half percent. Right. We're talking about it here in Fairhaven uh, to pay for school and uh, extra fire uh, firefighters. Uh, do you support a Prop 2.5 override um, to uh, give the teachers a raise? I mean, if I had to say, sure, if everybody could volunteer for that, I would personally volunteer myself, but not everybody wants to do that. And I don't I don't always think, like, raising taxes is the answer. People say, like, oh, that's the only answer. There's no other way. And I just feel like 
Who says there's no other way? Why is there no other way? Has anybody tried another way? What are you doing? I just feel like there's so many questions. I, have to, I just feel like you can't give up on these teachers and, and the, the people in the town. I mean, I know some people say, oh, well, we, we don't pay that much for taxes. Well, some people that live here might disagree. Since I've lived here, the taxes have gone up a lot. And, again, I'm all for supporting teachers, but some people are really living paycheck to paycheck. So, I mean... And most people, I feel like right now, are because of inflation. So I, I would like to say, you know, there's got to be a way to do it without raising taxes. If, if it's not a raise, then maybe pay more of their insurance. I mean, I think TAs need, need to make minimum wage. I mean, they make under $15 an hour. Minimum wage is $15 an hour. Um, I, I think they should make minimum wage um, for, for the work that they put in. So if it's giving, you know, TAs a raise and helping pay health insurance more of a percentage, um, if that works out better across the board, I mean, there's, there's got to be some way. So you're looking um, for alternatives uh, to Prop 2.5 before you see that yeah, as a last resort? I, I don't want to say let's raise everyone's taxes. I, I don't think right now that's a good idea. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so we're speaking with Erica Morenzi. She's a candidate for Dartmouth School Committee. So uh, I read a piece in the uh, that uh, profile on you in the Dartmouth Week uh, prior um, to this interview. Um, you talked about um, certain books. Uh, you're you're uh, open to certain books being banned in school libraries. Um, what type of books and why? Yeah, I just I'd like to clarify that while I'm on the air. Sure. Um, so I had a 25 minute conversation. Uh, with Dartmouth Weekly and the problem I have with quotes is you just take a quote out of that and it's kind of people make up their own assumption about it so you don't actually get the whole conversation um, the conversation was do you think the library teacher should be choosing the books for the children or the parents and I said well, what do you mean the parents like my kids have library ones which I, parents can't go in like what do you mean the parents that seems like, as far as I know, my kids, a library teacher, recommends something, but they can pick whatever they want, mm-hmm. right? So he's saying, so, you know, about the Rochester, he's bringing it up, and you, so you're not for book banning. I'm like, I said, I don't even like that word. It just, I don't even know where this whole book banning, I have no idea where this book banning came from. Someone posted a list online with 100 books. I didn't even know, I mean, Winnie the Pooh's on that list. That sounds ridiculous. Like... I just think, obviously, there's some common sense. I know I've heard you with other candidates talk about extreme. Well, I feel like sometimes in other states, this book banning has come up because supposedly in other states, there was extreme circumstances where there was sexually explicit books with pictures. Okay, well, I can understand that parent, right? He went to the school committee and said, I have a problem with this, which is what any normal parent would do. I I think if it's um, if it's not appropriate for the six o'clock news, then it's probably not appropriate in an elementary school library. Like, I mean, that's just common sense. So, it's not you can't just say, "Oh, I'm for book banning." Like, there has to be like a, a, some kind of discussion. Like, what are you talking about book banning? What books? But, like, but are you talking about books for okay? Like, so, I don't know about banning books. I I think if there is an extreme case. Okay, then I think then you use common sense and most parents would say, yeah, I I don't want sexually explicit or pornographic inappropriate pictures that can't be on the news in my child's library. But again, 
I don't understand why it's been brought to such a, um, and maybe I don't know like enough about all this book banning because I literally am just learning about it. I would think if my kid brought something home, I personally would go to the school, speak with the principal. And again, that's like parents' right. So sure. I just don't, I want parents to have always have the option to opt out of something if they believe it's inappropriate. I never said anything about banning books or, I mean, that was our whole conversation. And he took, I said, if you're talking about a book that should be banned, the only thing I ever think is something to that extreme, okay. which I understand some people don't think, I don't think that's in our school libraries either. But supposedly across the country, it has been found supposedly okay. in some libraries. So that's the only example I was using. I said nothing else about any other books. I just think you're, again, there's, there's obviously like state laws and common sense laws for these librarians to use and what books are in the library. Sure. So that's, okay, they asked us, do you trust the librarians? I'm like, well, I don't really trust many people with my kids. I don't know the librarian, so I don't trust her with my kids. Do I trust that she's been trained and she's reading the kids and going to make an appropriate decision? Um, okay, sure. But, like, I don't know. The way the question was asked was just, like, do you trust the librarians? And I was like, what? Well, so uh, that was our whole conversation, and he took one little quote out of it, and I did reach out and ask him online if he could revise it a bit because it's completely taken out of context, sure. and I had no response at all. Well, I'm glad you had an opportunity to, to, to clear the record here. Um, we're speaking with Erica Morenci. She's a candidate for Dartmouth School Committee. Uh, another issue that you know, was more prevalent last year uh, but is still... I suppose being talked about and something that could come up again uh, is the Dartmouth Indian logo. Um, mm-hmm. You were broadly supportive, I believe, of maintaining the logo when you were last oh, year. Yeah. Can you tell us why? Yes. I just think it's, I think it's tradition. I love how they are collaborating with, like, the school to teach um, the history. So, you know, I didn't grow up here. I mean, my husband did. He always wore the Indian. It was like just like a sense of pride and tradition and you know i do believe in like honoring that tradition and i think getting the schools involved and the kids can learn about you know what not just like oh we have a dartmouth indian like what does that mean like who are we honoring who was here before us uh the tribe's still here that's great a lot of times that um clyde andrews he's at games he's the one the guy um, the guy who drew the logo yeah, he did it 50 years ago. It's 50th yeah. anniversary. I mean, it's it's just crazy when you start to look into the history. And I just, I think it's something to be proud of. And just, I feel like it's always been like, some people say like Dartmouth Pride and Loud and Proud. And, you know, I just, I just, I see it as a symbol of like honor and tradition. Speaking with Erica Morenci, uh, she's a candidate for Dartmouth School Committee. Um, Erica, uh, one of the issues I've brought up to every uh, you know every candidate that's been on is the importance of uh, special education services. We understand that there can be a budgetary issue, and there are obviously budgetary constraints. But what is your position on allocating uh, resources towards um, you know better accommodating uh, IEPs? Oh yeah, I mean it, it definitely. I mean, my son has an IEP, and the school's been wonderful um, about it. Very easy to work with. I think, as far as other special education, you know, kids that are um, a little more on the spectrum, I think yeah, we we definitely need proper training for that. Um, sometimes these TAs and paras end up being with these kids day after day, 
and and I just want to make sure they're properly trained um, because that's not fair to the special education student. That's not fair to the parent. That's not fair to the person, you know, taking care of them for a few days. Um, so I think maybe making sure that those people have proper training um, in case there's not a special education teacher that is properly trained in any of those areas um, and they're, they're out for the year or, or things have happened. Um, you know, people have kids and so that there's somebody else for these kids to, you know, properly help them, you know, succeed and get through and not just like squeeze by. So, yeah, I mean, I think unfortunately there's, there's um, money problems in many areas. Um, and I just, I just really want to help and hope I can, um, you know, sit down and, and again, prioritize the expenditures and whatever grants we have, how can we maximize them? And I know this is a yearly thing because when you're talking about, you know, the teachers, you're talking about yearly uh, payouts or, or the insurance yearly. Um, and I, I just, I mean, we definitely have to make the teachers a priority and all special education students too. I mean, I mean, every student should be a priority. So that's the thing. Students have to be a priority. Even if you're a student that's an honor student, those students should have a chance to shine as well. Um, there's, I know, understand that there was last year maybe like six or seven percent that were only above grade level. So, I mean, all students, every student across the board should, we should all be helping them like thrive and succeed. Um, we're speaking with Erica Morenci. She's a candidate for Dartmouth School Committee. Um, Erica, is there anything else that you wanted to mention that we haven't covered yet? I do. You know, I I had another unfortunate, again, about the Dartmouth Weekly article. Um, he had another quote that I just don't believe that DEI groups are important. That was it. And that was part of the quote. I, of course, I don't know any parents. It, DEI is diversity, equity, and inclusion. We should always celebrate. Everybody wants to celebrate everyone's individuality and differences. If we were all the same, the light, the world would be so boring. Of course we want to celebrate that, right? We want, like, equity across the board. Like, everyone gets an equal opportunity. Everyone gets equal chance at an education, right? And, and that means everybody, all students. Like, the reason we talked about it was... If we're talking about putting together a brand new group and now we've got to get teachers and people to help this group, I don't want to take the focus off of helping out with this whole teachers, TA, secretaries problem and put it on that. I think we need to like tackle this, this huge problem right now and then we can revisit the EI. I would hope that teachers and people in school, which I totally believe, are practicing that kind of stuff every day with students. And if they're not, that's when parents come in and say, listen, we have a problem. Until we can figure out this DEI group. I don't know of any, I'm pretty sure Seekonk Schools has a DEI group. And all I said to him was, there should be discussions on how we're going to set this up to benefit students and how it's going to be successful, right? So I, if we do that, we're taking away from the whole budget problem with the teachers and the special education. And I, I don't want to do that right now. I want to focus on that and, and then go back to the DEI. So that's what I meant. And unfortunately, people are thinking I said that I'm not for DEI, which I don't know. 
I don't know any parents that, I don't know. Again, I was brought up in a household where people are people and you're just kind to people, no matter who they are or where they came from, you just treat everybody the same. Like, and I think most people I know, or I'm sure there's people that are not like that in this world, but most people I know at schools and most teachers, they're like that to everybody. So I would hope that that, that's the case. So I just also wanted to clear that up because it was just a quote taken out of context again. And I didn't want to, um, I, I just wanted to clear that up. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Erica, I appreciate you coming on before I let you go. Where can people go to learn more about your campaign? Um, you can go to my Facebook page, which is vote Erica Morenzi for Dartmouth school committee. I do have a webpage, ericamorenzi.com. Just a very simple page, like get along a sign or information about me. But you can email me. There's a phone number on there. You can call me. If anybody wants to talk about anything, I'd be happy to talk to you and answer your questions. Erica, thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Okay. Thank you, Marcus. Have a good night. You as well. That was Erica Morenzi, candidate for Dartmouth School Committee. So uh, thus far, um, we talked to... Um, we talked to Lynn Turner a couple weeks ago. We talked to Kathleen Amaral last week, who's the incumbent, and now we've talked to uh, Erica, um, one of the uh, one of the other, one of the challengers. So, I I'm, and by the way, I reached out to the other two candidates. I hadn't heard back, um, so um, you know that's that. I, I hadn't heard back from them, but that election is Tuesday. Uh, so if you're in Dartmouth and that seems like the most hotly contested ra- uh, race, um, get out there and vote. So again, I had Lynn Turner, I had Kathleen Amaral, and I had Eric Morenci on. Uh, you can check out the podcasts um, either from today, which will be uploaded at the end of the hour, or uh, and from the other interviews, uh, you can find them anywhere. WBSM.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, if you want to hear uh, my other interview, uh, you know, Chris and I's other interviews with uh Kathleen and uh, and and Lynn. So uh, 508-996-0500 is how you can join us this evening. We'll also take your uh, messages on the WBSM app. Uh, obviously, some big news before we came on the air. Donald Trump uh, is getting uh, indicted, indicted and uh, likely uh, going to be arrested next week. So... We're going to talk about that, obviously. We want to hear your thoughts on that. If you want to give us a call at 508-996-0500, that's how you can join us this evening. And uh, by the way, before uh, I go, we have a Red Sox tickets giveaway for the Saturday Saturday 4 o'clock game um, in Boston at Fenway Park. Four tickets. Four tickets. Uh, and you can get them by tuning into South Coast tonight and d- downloading the WBSM app. I will tell you the rules uh, to that contest after we take this break. So 508-996-0500 if you want to talk the Trump indictment, you want to talk something else local, I'm here till 10. All right?
Welcome back. Welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus. 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program this evening. That was Erica Marin. She's the candidate candidate for Dartmouth School Committee. So 508-996-0500. I wanted to tell you guys about a Red Sox ticket giveaway that we're doing. Um, so... We have four tickets to the four o'clock game uh, on Saturday for the Boston Red Sox at Fenway. They were provided to us by uh, former New Bedford Mayor Scott Lang and managing attorney at Lang, Exaferis and Bullard, the law firm Lang, Exaferis and Bullard, who's a wonderful sponsor partner of us here at South Coast tonight and at WBSM. And, you know, Scott Lang's also a wonderful guest. Um, we're going to be giving those tickets away tomorrow between 7 and 9 p.m. 7 and 9 p.m. tomorrow. And the way you can get those tickets is first you've got to download the WBSM app. And then you got to send a message. you got to send a message with your favorite Red Sox memory. It could be watching a game at home. It could be going to a game. It could be meeting a player. Any memory that you have related to the Red Sox, share your favorite Red Sox memory. And Chris and I will pick the winner. And the winner will get those four tickets. And uh, you don't have to come here to pick them up, actually. They're digital. So um, the law firm of Lang, Exaferis, and Bullard will send you that will email you the tickets. They'll email you the tickets. So... 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock, between 7 o'clock and 9 o'clock tomorrow, you can send in a message, you can send in an app chat on the WBSM app and give us your favorite Red Sox memory and we'll pick the winner. You send us, you got to download the app, got to go to the app store, got to download the WBSM app and then you've got to Send us a message on the app chat. So when you download the app, you click, uh, you download the app, you click on it. It's pretty easy. Click on the app and then you'll see app chat. Click message with the given some information, your email. Um, create an account. Send us a message with your favorite Red Sox memory. Keep it one to two paragraphs, please. Uh, I don't, we, <laughs> um, I'm interested to hear your story. Chris is interested to hear your story, but what we don't want is a, uh, manifesto. So, um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We're really excited about it. And we want to thank the law firm of Lang, Exaferis and Bullard for, um, providing us the opportunity, uh, to give away these tickets to our fantastic listeners here on South Coast tonight. So again, app chat, download the app, send us an app chat message, give us your favorite Red Sox memory. And we, it can be you going to the game. It could be you going to Fenway Park. It could be you going to Yankee Stadium to watch the Red Sox Yankees. Could be you watching the game at home. Could be meeting a player. Give us your favorite Red Sox memory. And we will 
pick a winner tomorrow night um, at nine o'clock. At nine o'clock, and then they'll send the uh, they'll send we'll we'll send the email. Uh, the tickets will be digitally sent delivered to you, so you don't have to come pick them up. Get them digitally delivered to you, and that's it. You can go to the game tomorrow at Fenway Park at four. It's a lot of fun. I went to a Red Sox game kind of recently. I want to say it was back in 2021, and uh, they're playing Tampa Bay, and um, they lost. They were up big for a while. They lost, but it was fun. It was uh, it was before the COVID regulations were lifted too. So um, you know, me and my buddy, we got some room to ourselves. I actually got the tickets from uh, from a friend of mine, a friend of yours, uh, local uh, local elected official. But um, it was fun. It was a good time. So I want you guys to have a good time too. So remember, tomorrow, seven and nine, we'll announce the winners right after the nine o'clock news here on South Coast tonight. Five zero eight nine nine six oh five hundred is how you can join me this evening. We'll also take your messages on the WBSM app. Again, um, really excited about that Red Sox uh, that Red Sox ticket giveaway. You got to download the WBSM app. I promise it's easy. At your whatever app store is on your phone, I promise you it's easy. You download the app, you, you click message on your phone, and then you message uh, message us your favorite story. It has to be between 7 p.m. and 9 p.m. tomorrow. Don't message me now. Don't message me tonight. You want to message me tonight about other stuff, that's fine. But nothing, any message that's eligible for the Red Sox tickets has to be between 7 and 9 p.m. tomorrow. I don't make the rules. Has to be seven to nine PM tomorrow. Your favorite Red Sox memory. Four tickets to the Red Sox game at four PM tomorrow. Provided to you by former New Bedford Mayor Scott Lang and our friends at Lang Ex- the law firm of Lang Ex Affairs and Bullard. Five zero eight nine nine six oh five hundred is how you can get on the program this evening. We'll also take your messages on the WBSM app. App chat. We got the Trump indictment to talk about. We've got some local news. Uh, City Council President Linda Morad uh, penned a uh, stirring yet mildly nonsensical uh, uh, rebuttal to New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell and his veto uh, his veto letter. And so we'll get, definitely get into that as well. We have uh, that's a, there's a story on WBSM.com. You can check it out. Check out. You can also check out my story on WBSM.com. Uh, that uh, actually was a little uh, talked about um, um, a media availability I went to Monday uh, for Vineyard Wind. For uh, Vineyard Wind, I was at the Marine Commerce Terminal over in the Port of New Bedford. They had a little bit of a media availability. It was Vineyard Wind and uh, uh, one South Coast Chamber, the one so- the you know the, the local Chamber of Commerce. They had their board meeting at. Vineyard Wind, and then afterwards, the CEO of Vineyard Wind, Klaus Mueller, he took us for a tour uh, of the Marine Commerce Terminal and showed us some of those uh, cranes that are being constructed. Now, I don't know. I was driving through Fort Phoenix today, and I saw those cranes. I could see them from Fort Phoenix. They're across the water, but I could see the cranes. They're very big, and they're only going to get bigger. So you want to check that out on WBSM.com. It's a good story. And by the way, and I've said this before, the more clicks 
you give on my my stories, on Chris's stories, the more it helps the show. Same thing with Tim, Phil, Barry. The more clicks on our, the more clicks you can give, the more reads you can give, the more engagement that we have on those stories. It really helps us out a great deal. So I'd appreciate it. Tell you what, you download the WBSM app, you can find those stories. They're very easy. And then you'll have a chance tomorrow to win tickets to a Red Sox game. Isn't that something? And all you got to do is download an app and message a story. Tomorrow between 7 and 9 p.m. 508-996-0500 is how you can join me uh, this evening. We'll also take your messages on the WBSM app. I'm going to take a break. We'll be right back. 1420 WBSM, where freedom of speech lives. Hey, what's up, y'all? I'm Kelly Clarkson, and as the daughter of a school teacher, I know just how important education is. No matter how old you are or your situation, continuing to learn will enrich your life and help remove barriers you didn't even know were there. So much opportunity, y'all. Whether it's a foreign language, history, or a different way to look at things, take some time each day to learn something new. This message is courtesy of the United States Air Force. I didn't ask to be thrown in the streets with nowhere to go, but I did ask for help, and Covenant House was there for me. One in 10 young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year. For these kids who didn't ask to be put in this unthinkable situation, Covenant House is there, providing hot meals, a safe place to sleep, medical care, and love. They just really genuinely just wanted to help me succeed, and I'm succeeding. To learn more, go to safeplacetosleep.org. WBSM isn't just a broadcast. It's also a podcast. Get all of our podcasts at WBSM.com, the WBSM app, or just search WBSM on your favorite podcast provider. Welcome back. This is South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. I was, so I was trying to go with the Trump indictment theme, so I went locked up by Akon. And then I was thought, hey, Joe, not that he shot anybody, but maybe he wants to run to Mexico or something. I don't know. He's on the lam. Where actually Trump can go is Florida, because apparently Ron DeSantis says they won't comply with any extradition um, of Donald Trump from the state of Florida. So isn't that wonderful? I'm, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure Don will repay the gratitude by pummeling him in the, the presidential primary this year. So, um, or next year, I guess. 508 996 is how you can get in the program. Also taking your messages on the WBS um, on the WBSM app. And the WBSM app is where you can share your Red Sox memories. John from Fairhaven, my favorite Red Sox memory is when Jerry and Don couldn't stop laughing at the couple in the stands when the camera panned and caught the guy feeling his wife up. 
<laughs> they couldn't stop laughing on air for a few straight pitches. I was watching live from home. It was comical. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's what I get for reading that in real time. Um, you gotta, I appreciate it, John. You gotta send that again tomorrow. Again, between, I don't make the rules. Between 7 and 9 p.m. tomorrow is when you can, is when you're eligible for the tickets. Okay? So message us between 7 and 9 tomorrow. Send the same story again. I like that story. <laughs> it's funny. And, uh, <laughs> and, um, we will read the stories and we will award the tickets to somebody at, at, uh, after the nine o'clock news. After the nine o'clock news on Friday. 508-996-0500 is how you can join me. We'll also take your messages on the WBSM app. Again, we're just reacting to the news that Donald Trump is set to be indicted, the charges of which we are unsure. This is something Chris and I talked about a little bit. Um, it feels like we don't know exactly what the charges are, so it's it's difficult to give an analysis of it. But based on what's been reported on what he's being charged with, it feels very much like a Capone uh, tax evasion type of thing. But there's other, there's probably some other stuff that's a little bit more indictable than is indictable. Or I should know that if, whether or not indictable is a word. I think it is um, indictable. Yeah, has to be right. You feel like oh, you probably used in practice. I guess not. No. Mm, sure, I'm gonna say it's a word. Let's look it up. Yeah, indictable. Yeah. I didn't know if it was one of those things that like really isn't technically a word. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a word that people use, but it's like not really a word. You know, like those types of things. All right, let's go to the phones. Good evening. Hey. Hello. What's up? Marcus? Hey. Marcus, let me ask you something. I'm just curious. As an attorney... And a staunch Democrat and a Trump hater, how do you feel about this indictment? Yeah, um, I'm not sure. You know, here's the thing. I, I don't think that this is probably the way to go on this if you're going after Donald Trump. I feel like there's other stuff that's a bit more actionable than this type of like he paid some hush money, but it may have may not have violated the public records law. It doesn't it doesn't feel it feels illegitimate. Even if he did commit a crime, it feels. But he didn't. But he didn't commit a crime. Well, we don't There's know. No crime there. It's a misdemeanor. Yeah. Well, that's it's still a crime. It's still a crime. It's whether or not it's, it's not a felony. It's you know it's still. No. Yeah, I don't know. Here's the thing: we don't actually. The problem is we don't actually know what he's we've been indicted of yet. Um, so we're only guessing well, based on the. Because when I saw on the news on TV, he's being indicted. Yeah, he's being indicted. We just don't know of what yet. We just don't know. Well, of course, you're not going to know what for a while. You know? Yeah, they said the arrest is likely next week, so we probably will know. If he's going to get arrested next week, then he's going to get arraigned uh, next I, week I as well. I know that. So we'll probably know next week. But how do you I, feel about that? How do I feel about what? Him being arrested and arraigned. It's a different... It's, it's a really... It's quite a precedent to set. I, I'm not sure how to... 
not sure how to react to it. It's I think it's I don't know. I I feel like they're setting a precedent that could could backfire they're on them. A, they're setting a precedent. A pre- how you think what 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 are they setting? What, what precedent are they setting? Oh, I think this is the first time in American history. They could do it to me. Well, well, you know, no, the point is the precedent that they're setting. It's the first time that a former president has been indicted, right? So this is the precedent that they're setting. For nothing. He's been indicted for nothing. They don't have a case. And I'm not an attorney, and you are. Yeah. You should know they don't have a case. I wasn't in the grand jury room when they... Uh, I wasn't in the grand jury room when um, well, nobody was. The grand jury the... room was all Democrats. I think they had two Republicans. The rest of them were all Democrats. Were they? Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't. You didn't in... know that. I wasn't in the room. I wasn't in the grand jury room when they were uh, when they were deliberating. I wasn't aware that the identities of the grand jurors were 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 made public either, but um, uh, or their voter registrations. Um, uh, but um. I wasn't there. It's a really closed door process, so I'm not entirely well, I know sure. That. I know it's a closed door process. But, I understand that, but I was just curious because you're a staunch Democrat. Yeah. And if you're a staunch Democrat, then you have to go with the Democrats. Well, not, necess- not necessarily. Like I said, I think there's things probably a bit more ac- actionable than this. I think this is. I don't know. I, I I don't I don't think it's. I don't think it's as serious as the other things. What but, other things? Oh, when he called the Secretary of State in Georgia and said they need to find 10,000 more votes. Um, the classified documents uh, case as well. I think there's some... Well, that's what, if they were going to do anything, then that's what they should have brought a grand jury in. I agree. I think that was, right. again, I think, it's a, I think it's, a, it's a difficult precedent to set with, with this um, public records law violation, if that's what it is. Uh, but. All right. I was just curious to how you felt about it. I appreciate the call. I got to take this break, though. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Right, bye. Hey, welcome back. Let's go to the phones. Good evening, Marcus. What's up, man? Hey, John. Yeah. So, I mean, the guy wants to pay a woman to sleep with him, and you know, I, I guess that's against the law. No, I'm uh, pretty sure it was two two consensual adults, wasn't it? I, I think it was related to the hush money. Uh, I don't think it was related to the actual. Um, Coital activity that they were having. I mean, paying now, somebody paying somebody to have sex is illegal in every state, and except for some counties in Nevada. Um, yeah. So. Now, now is that are they are they going after him for allegedly using his campaign money? Is that the reason? Or yeah, it's something to that we. That's what we think. We just we haven't heard anything yet. It's some. It's a. It, it's. Yeah, I, I not to cut you off, but I mean I know I know you're up on a break or on on the top of the hour, but mm-hmm. it's 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 uh it's another another coffin another nail in the coffin for the Democrats in my opinion. You know what I mean? They're just making it worse. He's gonna walk away without without anything happening to him again, and it's just gonna be another. I told you so. 